Welcome to a new episode of the Riyadh podcast. I'm your host, Marissa Khurma, Director of the Middle East Program here at the Wilson Center. Today's guest has spent over 20 years working across sectors in the role of scientist, professor, executive director, entrepreneur, as well as consultants across different industries from academia to design to financial services. Dr. Yazan Hijazi is currently the director of the Center for Innovation and Entrepreneurial Excellence at Al Hussein Technical University, or HTU, in Amman, Jordan. Dr. Yazan's expertise and current role is very relevant to our focus this month on education, particularly as HTU stands as a leading example of how to reform, modernize, and upgrade technical and vocational education and ensure that it's in sync with the demands of the labor market, as well as the rapid changes in the workplace, not only in the region, but globally. So Yazan, welcome to the Riyadh podcast. Thank you so much, Marissa. It's a pleasure to be with you all. Thank you, Yazan. Um, so I'll start with the question that I always start with, with um, across all of the episodes that we've recorded so far, which is, what is your story? How did you become such an active participant and key stakeholder in the entrepreneurial ecosystem, basically throughout your career? Yes. So uh, to be honest, you know, my, my journey was uh, um, unexpected in many ways. I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. I've always loved business, but when I, I also like science. So when I graduated, I decided to uh, study engineering. Um, I was born in Jordan of Palestinian parents, lived in Jordan most of my life. And uh, then I went to school in Miami. That's where I got my master's and uh, my PhD. And I've had the opportunity to work with um, great scientists, really. You know, uh, I worked with the U.S. Air Force. I worked with the National Nuclear Safety Agency. So I was I was a geek, you know. I was in a lab. I was, uh, uh, you know, working with machines and lasers. And it was very exciting. Uh, I actually love it. Um, however... I still felt a, a deep pull and yearning, if you will, to uh, engage with people and to have impact. I just didn't see myself uh, making, you know, the metaphorical dent in the universe uh, by publishing more scientific papers. So uh, it was kind of a crisis, if you will, of, of, uh, of meaning, of purpose, sort of what do I want to do? And the uh, universe conspired and I ended up uh, living and working in Puerto Rico, a beautiful enchanted island in the Caribbean. And I was a mm -hmm. research professor there. Uh, and my job was very easy. Um, you know, sometimes I say, you know, getting a PhD is a license to not do much for some people. So it was a very easy job, uh, but it also allowed me to tinker with ideas and projects and uh, learn from beautiful teachers and, and masters, none of which have uh, a PhD, <laughs> uh, just, just people working the land, actually. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, that was my jump towards uh, thinking about leadership 
sustainability, innovation. And okay. the heart of that conversation is people. So uh, fast forward, I moved on from Puerto Rico to Dubai, went back to the East, was still not ready to go back to Jordan, I think. And uh, I was a managing director for a financial services firm. And it's sort of, I went from uh, this idyllic type of life, living on a mountain, composting my food and uh, growing a lot of it as well, to the the belly of the beast, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the DIFC in Dubai, where um, I'm talking about investments and chasing millionaires for their money. So it was not me. It was obvious from day one. But I took it as a, as a challenge and a, a, you know, an opportunity because I love business at the end of the day. Uh, mm-hmm. And and then, you know, I uh, I ended up in Jordan. My father got sick and uh, I was in Jordan and it was a blessing that I was able to uh, be there in service uh, to him. And uh, and then I landed this job with uh, the university, HTU. And uh, my father actually got me the job. I'm like, I don't want to be a professor, so <laughs> I'm not going to go teach. I don't do that anymore. I switched careers, uh, but you know, people didn't get it yet. Uh, so I remember when I went and met with uh, the president of the university, he's a friend of my father, uh, Dr. Labib Khadra. I told him, listen, I know you're looking for professors, but you know, that's not me. Uh, but I can help you in the innovation entrepreneurship journey. And uh, sure enough, before long, uh, I was the director of the Center for Innovation, set up a center, started uh, building a team, engaging with the ecosystem. Uh, it's it's an exciting ecosystem because it's still not you know new in a way. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, so that was four years ago. And now um, we have a, a tech incubator called The Core at HTU. And yeah. I can tell you more about that uh, in a bit. And I, uh, you know, hold a couple of positions. So I'm the director of the center in the university. Um, but I also have a company called Human Engineering Advisory. And what we do is help organizations and companies to embed innovation as a business process. And it's all about people, really, and culture transformation. So it's exciting. And I teach in a university called IE Business School in Madrid, Spain. So, uh, yeah, that's... The so you've got a lot, a lot on your plates. Um, yeah, that sounds like a very exciting uh, journey. Um, and looks like you've tried different things before you um, landed at HTU. Um, so you talked a little bit about... Um, you know, being part of the ecosystem in Jordan and what that actually means from where you sit at HTU. And I think I think I would like to know a little bit more. I visited HTU, uh, but I think for our audience, tell us a little bit more about Al Hussein Technical University. Why is it uh, different than other universities in Jordan or the region? Uh, and um, why the focus on entrepreneurship and innovation? That's certainly uh, a different model than what you see in more conventional educational institutions. Yes, that's true, Marissa. So um, HTU uh, is the Crown Prince University. It's, uh, it is, you know, university number 33 in Jer- Jordan, and there are 33 universities in Jordan. Um, and it came as a new model, a new initiative to look at one vocational training 
and vocational education and technical education in general with an eye towards employability. So it's education for employment, not for graduating with, with a degree. Uh, furthermore, in Jordan, there is a stigma and a mindset that technical education, going and getting a diploma rather than a bachelor, uh, is somehow of a lesser uh, degree. Um, and the reality is, if you look at uh, highly evolved ecosystems, take Germany, for example, uh, you know, the people who build BMWs and the Mercedes-Benz are, are technicians, right? So they have, a, they have an equal split, 50% engineers and 50% technicians. So that's one of the mandates of the university. The university is structured by, uh, and really the programs have been developed as well close collaboration with uh, industry partners because we are seeing uh, increasing disruption in the educational uh, market, but in across, across the board, really. I mean, the disruption, I always say, is the new norm. Um, so, so, so one thing that is relevant today, a degree will not be relevant tomorrow. So how can we be responsive to uh, industry uh, needs and also guide our industry partners and our pr private sector uh, to really think around, you know, what are the skills for this new century? Um, and to that is, you know, implementation-based learning, project-based mm -hmm. Um, a very strong component of soft skills and leadership and communication. Uh, and, and lastly, uh, I think most universities now have some sort of module or a course on entrepreneurship, right? There's so much hype around that. Um, however, the university sees it uh, and really has developed a unique journey called the IE Bootcamp, Innovation Entrepreneurship Bootcamp. And it's not really structured like a course. It's a journey where there are three facilitators engaging uh, with the teams. And their job is to solve a worthy challenge. Some point to one of the sustainable development goals. And they need to get out of the classroom. So the whole journey is driven by human-centered design, a lot of design research, primary research. None of that, you know, Google told me. Uh, go and, and fall in love with the problem, not the solution. Um, and they iterate through that and they, you know, they have a, a virtual playbook where we keep track of where they are in the journey. And they finally pitch to for for a to a panel um, of industry experts, um, as if they're pitching for for an investment. So, what we see to kind of finalize my answer in regards to how HTU integrates innovation entrepreneurship, we see value in not only having technically competent, ready to run graduates, uh, but they also are complemented with the intrapreneurial mindset. You know, they're asking better questions. They can connect what they're doing on a technical side to some customer at the end of the pipeline. Uh, because ultimately business is about, you know, creating and retaining a customer. But most mm -hmm. tech departments, you know, sort of like, yeah, you know, I'm just working on the design here. You know, they, they are disconnected somehow from the business conversation. So we see that as a differentiating edge for our graduates, and that's why this is uh, an important pillar for the university. Absolutely. And I think the key here is your focus on um, employability, on ensuring that your graduates 
are um, well equipped with all the skills that are in demand in the market. And so this bridge, this communication bridge that you established with the private sector is key. In our conversations with um, other universities in the region, this was always an issue. It came up in uh, our research that basically there's no structured channel for the private sector to um, engage with higher uh, education in order to ensure that this skills gap that we see across the region is um, is actually bridged with exactly the same programs that you have outlined. Um, and, and, and there's also this, you know, pedagogy focused on critical thinking, but a lot of it is, is learning by doing. Um, so, uh, what have you seen that is different, um, basically with the graduates of HTU? Uh, they are connected to, uh, internship opportunities and a lot of these hands-on projects. Um, so how do you see them after graduation? Uh, are they, um, employed right away? Uh, do you see them venturing into entrepreneurial journeys? Yes. Um, so we just graduated our first cohort last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll say a couple of things about employability. One, let's start with the, with the, with the end result. Um, yes, three months post-graduation, we have over 85% employability rate. Now, why is that? Because we really take care to start thinking about employability way before the student actually graduates. So there's a counselor that supports each student um, in job placement. But furthermore, before uh, HTU students graduate, they have to do uh, their third year, basically. They have to do the boot camp. And right after the boot camp, they have to do an eight-month internship. And, and the internship is, you know, there's an academic advisor, there's an industry advisor, and they're working with this uh, student um, on, on an important project. It's, there's, so there's value all, all around the table. The employer is getting, you know, free employees, really, um, getting a chance to vet uh, the pipeline, know what, what they're getting into. Um, and a lot of these uh, apprenticeships have uh, transformed into job offers, permanent uh, job offers. Um, another thing we do with uh, kind of the bridging between the, the incubator, the core, and the university community is that any student's even first semester can do uh, an internship, two months renewable with with uh, any of the startups. Of course, of course, they're based on need, uh, but we we match them and we get them to sign an NDA and we get them to sign a contract. Um, in in most cases, it's unpaid, but sometimes they pay some something you know kind of symbolic for transportation. Um, but the idea that they're they're working in an environment that's fast paced, or um, and and they really get to see and try out what it means to be in a startup. Uh, so we try to expose our students to uh, employment opportunities, even if it's outside the core as well. We encourage uh, students to volunteer to uh, find. Uh, internships to do in the summer. Hey, don't waste your time. Um, so we also do exchange programs uh, 
you know, to internationalize uh, our offering. Um, so employability is, is um, really central to the formation and the development of the student as they go through uh, HTU. What is the gender uh, breakdown of your student body? Uh, it's uh, well, f- for starters, we we have to be mindful that uh, in tech type of education, usually there are less females than than males. I mean, I, I studied in Miami, and and that was the case as well. Uh, but we have a very healthy thirty percent. Uh, you know, which is which is on par with with world average in terms of female representation in in STEM based uh, education. Uh, now that being said, that is a, a one of our kind of current mandates to increase that number. Uh, mm-hmm. For example, at the core, we're close to thirty five now percent female uh, founders. Um, you know, there's the, the number is higher for uh, female team members across all the startups. Um, and uh, for example, we're launching a new um, program called IEX Bootcamp, uh, Innovation Entrepreneurship Bootcamp. But this is uh, on a national level where students, not students, just participant teams will uh, work on national challenges. And that is 50 50, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're designing it with you know fifty percent female representation in mind. So that's something we're working on. But I would say that we are we are on par with um, you know global averages. So what what is the challenge there to attract more um, females into uh, HGU or basically STEM in Jordan? Um, I think one has to start with culture, thinking about culture, uh, just mm-hmm. in general. Um, it's, it hasn't been historically or culturally or traditionally uh, kind of a, a, an education of choice uh, for for women. Um, so I would think culture has has and mindset has to has has a role to play in that um but what can be done i mean um engage you know engage uh, young student females early on in school uh, illuminate that that is a possibility uh, for them highlight uh, case studies highlight role models success stories i mean we have a lot of powerful women in jordan you know in in very powerful roles uh from engineering to banking to uh Know, the NGO sphere. Um, so I don't think we have any shortage of that. Uh, but still, Jordan remains, um, you know, I don't know, I, I forgot to rank it. Uh, but let's just say there's there's work uh, to be done. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, remains to have one of the lowest female participation rates in the labor market uh, worldwide, in fact, um, which is uh, what the World Bank calls. Um, paradox, right? Because the they are um, graduating in very high numbers from tertiary education, but it's not translating to the labor um, the labor market. I want to go back a little bit to core, um, the tech incubator and accelerator um, at HTU that you've established in 2018. So core has supported a lot of startups. Uh, it's created over a hundred new jobs. 
and closed um, around uh, $1.5 million in startup investing. Um, so what is unique about the model at core um, and how are you able to address the challenges that others are experiencing in the ecosystem, primarily, um, you know, access to finance and access to markets? Yeah. Uh, okay. So it's an interesting journey. Um, but I would say as imperatives, um, we, we took it on ourselves to design something from scratch, right? We had a lot, you know, it's a, it's a university, Crown Print University, everybody and anybody who had any type of entrepreneurial training capacity building program came to us. It's like, hey, take this, you know, we'll talk money later. And we, we said no, uh, because we really wanted to understand the ecosystem. We wanted to design something that is relevant for the ecosystem at its current stage. Uh, mm -hmm. Ecosystems evolve and we have to be mindful of that. What we essentially did, and we're really an open book. I mean, you know, one of our values is open innovation. We want our model to be copied and uh, replicated and scaled. Um, is one, we're, we're design driven, right? So, you know, who are we serving? And those are our customers, you know, how are we delighting them? How are we really understanding their pain uh, and, and doing something that is useful, valuable, um, and lightweight as well? Uh, we're very focused. I mean, our primary KPI is investments, investability, not startups trained. You know, we always okay. say, or the training is dead. You know, you, you tell any seasoned entrepreneur who's, you know, been around in the ecosystem for a couple of years, uh, another training program, and then maybe we're going to give you, you know, some money at the end. It's like, that's not what I need. Right. Uh, so we're, we're very focused on investability. So we do an investment readiness assessment at the entry of uh, seven dimensions uh, with seven criteria each. And we do that again at the, at the end of our program uh, to see where they were and where they are. We're very light in terms of logistics. Uh, most of our programming is virtualized. It's also recorded. So, you know, entrepreneurs can go back to it. We bring subject matter experts from uh, across the world, not just Jordan. Um, and uh, we are very keen on running business experiments. You know, any business, any startup is a set of assumptions at best. And uh, to the degree that you vet those assumptions, you start de-risking the project. Right? So, so by running, uh, because most people approach entrepreneurship, oh, I had a great idea in the shower and I talked to my friends and they love it. Mom loves it too. And, you know, I talked to my mentor who was an investor and he said he is interested. Well, you know, yeah, he's, he is interested. Uh, that doesn't translate into this is going to fly. So people right. do pitch and they think that, okay, if we knock on enough doors, one of them will open. Um, and then they come and say, well, they're not opening. And the problem is that there's no access to finance in Jordan. No, that's not true. There is. Uh, but the problem is that there's not a lot of valuable startups. You know, there's a celebration of mediocrity, if you will, sometimes. So we're trying to cut through that noise and say, okay, show me that you can do this. Uh, run some business experiments. Show me that your biggest assumptions are being vetted. Uh, 
show me that you really understand your customers and you're de developing customer insights. And an insight, by definition, is non-obvious. So it's not going to come from asking customers what they 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 want. Um, so Henry Ford, there's a there's a famous quote by Henry Ford said, "If I had asked people what they wanted, they said I want a faster horse." So uh, customer centricity is 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 key to uh, developing, launching, and delivering uh, value, and it's a very competitive market, you know, because anybody can disrupt you, even if not if they're not in Jordan. Uh, but Jordan is a great kitchen, if you will, cooking things up. So uh, primarily, those are the main things we focus on: uh, investability, uh, enhancing their investment. So all the capacity building is somehow customized to where this particular startup is rather than, you know, we have the best program and you got to attend every session. No, you don't. Um, you're busy and you should be busy. So only attend things that are relevant. Only speak to people that uh, will add value. And we've done away with the concept of just having, you know, a mentor uh, as if a mentor will know everything. No, they won't. You need subject matter experts in each area. Pricing, well, okay, here's a masterclass. And then you can book a, book a coaching session. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You pay them, obviously, you know. So, uh, so yeah, we're, we're so to, to summarize, we are design-driven. Yeah, so it seems so. And it's very, it's very well thought through at every, at every level. Um, and you're, you've uh, completely um basically uh taken off the whole you know one size fits all approach yes, to yes. um to what an incubator uh, uh can actually provide um, yeah actually which is really sorry interesting. but to add to that you know we, we actually call ourselves an inculator because uh, we incubate and accelerate we have the launch okay. track you know, people are, you know, we don't do ideation. We don't do idea stage. We do MVP and post, you know. So launch track is you've got your MVP. Let's help you launch this uh, business and see, you know, whether it will fly. Or or uh, growth track, which is you've launched and, you know, you've had one successful dollar transaction. Uh, that's mm -hmm. all that, that matters. And, and the reason for that, again, is we want to create a community. Actually, the core, the CO, is all about co-creation, collaboration, and community. And the RE is about rethinking, redesigning, reactivating, you know, which is what uh, an entrepreneur and a startup needs to be doing as they traverse their journey. So we want to create a community and having people who have not yet launched and people who have launched creates that sense of, oh, you're on the other side of the river. You know, uh, how did you get there? You know, what, what was, the, what were the challenges? So, and we see a lot of cross-fertilization within the community, uh, learning opportunities and sharing of experiences and, and connections. Sort of like, yeah, you know, we've talked to this investor. He wasn't interested in us, but, you know, he might be interested in you. So it's, um, yeah. Yeah, I know that. And, and that's a, it's a really interesting model. Um, I uh, particularly like the focus on, um, community because it does mm -hmm. at the end of the day, uh, boil yeah. down to the exchanges that you talked about. This is something that we heard from so many entrepreneurs across the different episodes here uh, on the Riyadh podcast where, you know, sharing 
exchanging uh, was at the heart of the experience of, of an entrepreneur. Um, and that takes me to our wrap-up question, which is, you know, from where you sit at HTU uh, and given your own journey that brought you to HTU, um, what do you have to say to youth in Jordan or across the MENA region who have an idea and who, who are a little bit hesitant to take the first step? Mm-hmm. Okay. How much time do I have? Not a, not a lot of time, but keep it, keep it <laughs> crisp. Okay. Crisp. Okay, the crisp version is <clears throat> if you have that entrepreneurial kind of itch, then um, I see that it is best to see your life as your biggest entrepreneurial project because you're building something, regardless of what it is. Um, we are sometimes too taken by the romanticized stories of they started in a garage and now they're billionaires. It's like, hey, this might come to a theater near you and you could be the one. Um, it's, you know, it, it does more harm. Uh, it's nice to dream, but, you know, a dream about creating value creating impact. Not that, you know, one day it might happen to to me. It requires a lot of effort, time, uh, uh, blessings, and, and luck. And so, so uh, uh, don't focus on success as defined by, you know, all right, you know, now, you know, they struggled and now they're, they're millionaires and that's a success story. No. You know, what is the impact you're creating in the world, I think, is, is more valuable than saying, you know, yeah, I made a hundred million dollars. Um, so th- that's one. Um, two, uh, don't fall in love with your idea. Everybody has ideas, you know, uh, but not everybody understands and is able to connect to a worthy challenge that's uh, worth solving, if you will. So become an expert in the problem, in the challenge space, become acquainted with that terrain rather than just, you know, be so passionate and like, I'm not going to give up. I love my idea. I'm a passionate entrepreneur. Uh, I see too many youth uh, going down that that road. um, And I just don't think it's the most uh, rewarding uh, down the line uh, or, or, or necessarily successful. So... Thank you. That was a very crisp uh, uh, version of, I'm sure, a much longer um, intervention about uh, what you would tell youth. Maybe we will hear more from you uh, when we visit you in Amman uh, this summer. Would love to. So thank you so much, um, Dr. Yazan Hijazi of HTU. Thank you so much for joining us on the Riyadh podcast. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. This podcast is funded by a grant from the United States Department of State. The opinions, findings, and conclusions of this podcast are those of our guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the United States Department of State.